You're listening to Mike T. Property Secrets Podcast, where we bring you the latest news, opinions, and insights on property investment and secrets to success in real estate affairs. Introducing your host, Mike T. of Mike T. Real Estates. Learn the secrets of some of real estate's top agents. It's property made easy with Mike T. Property Secrets. G'day guys, Mike T here. Welcome to the show. Today I've got a special guest from uh, the Wollongong region. His name is Mr. Adrian D'Amico. Now this gentleman has got quite a few businesses. He's been experienced in real estate, social media, marketing and all that. But I'm going to um, hand it over to Adrian. G'day Adrian, how are you? Hey Mike, thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks for coming on the show Adrian. Now can I start off uh, asking you Adrian, um, just to tell us a bit about your business. What is it that you do? How do you actually help people? Sure, thank you. Uh, well, I'm a business coach, a social media marketer, and the founder of Social Media Breakthrough and the Empower You Academy. So I help business owners utilize social media so they can generate more income, reduce costs, and create more free time. Fantastic. Um, and what is it that's really exciting about your business? Because I know your background, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I've heard you say that you've done about 10 or so years in real estate and now you've shifted over to social media? What's really yeah, exciting absolutely. for you about that? What made you do the shift? Yeah, well, you're right. So in a past life, uh, I was a real estate agent for about 13 or 14 years. I owned my own office for uh, close to 10 of those years. And uh, I guess I had a situation going back sort of uh, post GFC time. So this is about 2000 and eight, nine, ten, where the market was extremely hot. The interest rates went down, the market went up, and we really couldn't sell enough property. It was just a, a booming market. However, uh, the government and the RBA put a squeeze on that by raising rates up. They were tightening the, the, the uh, purse strings, so to speak. The Australian economy was failing, and... Our business really took a downturn and for me personally, it was an area that uh, almost sent me broke and I had to kind of turn to almost, I guess, the most free or at least close to free advertising mediums so I could keep my business afloat. And I, I picked social media typically because I was going broke and it was kind of free mostly. And so long story short, within a couple of months, um, I was able to kind of start video marketing. I was able to start generating things like lead generation tools like eBooks and podcasts and uh, doing interviews and all that kind of stuff. And I got into my community, started interviewing local businesses and quickly just moved my position from a typical real estate agent, which unfortunately has a bad uh, sort of, I guess, opinion in the marketplace as someone with an ulterior motive to someone that actually cared about the community and was offering valuable information about buying and selling and renting. So the funny thing is, though, was that my business started to bounce back again, started to really establish myself as the authority in my field. Yep. However, I was kind of getting more known over a period of 18 months, two years, for my social media and video marketing ability more so than real estate. And i kind of done real estate for the past you know, 12, 13 years, as I said. So just the world has this way of pushing you to a point where 
you need to make a decision. And this was all sort of leading me to the point where uh, one of my uh, friends at the time said, maybe you should teach some business owners how to uh, utilize social media for their business. And she had a training room. She offered it to me for nothing. I threw the event up online and said, look, if you want me to teach you this stuff, I will. And lo and behold, 50 people rocked up. And that was the catalyst for me thinking, well, maybe this is a sign I should exit the real estate business and enter into the coaching uh, and social media marketing world, which is where I've been for the last two years. Wow. Uh, excellent, uh, Adrian. Uh, good change. Yeah, I've, we were just having a chat before how sometimes things happen and you get pushed out to go where you should be going. So, 100%. very good. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, very, very true. Uh, now, have you always been a Wollongong local? Yep, born and bred. Yep. Okay. Well, can you tell my listeners a bit about your background, your upbringing, the school you went to, the kind of crowd you hanged around with? You know, some good things, you know, and maybe some negative things growing up and whatever. Just a bit of, bit of your background, uh, Adrian. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, so, yeah, born and raised. My parents are from uh, Wollongong as well. My dad is originally from Italy and you know, travelled over here as, as immigrants with my grandparents uh, in the 70s. And so he arrived here when he was six years old. Um, so, yeah, born and raised. My life growing up as a kid, uh, really, I think if it correlates between my life now and, and the environment that I was brought up in, um, hard-working family. Uh, my parents still both work really, really hard. Um, okay. Typically, always work for themselves. Like from about, as far as I can remember, from about the mid-80s onwards, my parents have had their own business. So... Uh, in carpentry and building homes and, and renovations and all those sorts of things. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'm the oldest of two. I've got a younger brother who's a couple of years older than me, uh, younger than me. And um, we've just sort of grown up around that typical European, um, like my mum's Australian, dad's Italian, but you know, we've had that sort of European culture and family where we've kind of just worked hard for everything that we've attained in our lives, um, always really been self-sufficient. And, uh, yeah, went to Edmund Rice College as, as a kid. Absolutely hated it. Uh, hated school. At the moment I could leave, I did. So in year 10, I went and uh, joined my dad in, in, the, um, in the building industry and went to TAFE and did carpentry for a couple of years. Uh, also hated that as well. Absolutely terrible at school and particularly mathematics. So anything to do with, you know, Mathematics I failed in, so I didn't do too well at that. But I was always interested in fitness. So um, alongside of that, I was typically going to the gym and doing things like that. Got into the fitness industry. Yeah. Uh, between sort of the age of, say, doing my apprenticeship at 16 and the age of, say, 22, 3 when I got into real estate, I think I probably would have had 30 jobs in that time. I would have went from this job to that job to this job to that job. I went from carpentry to fitness to personal training to retail to door-to-door uh, -door salesman to, you know, anything like that kind of thing. Like I just took whatever job. I was even a security guard at one point, you know, for a couple of years, you know, bouncing at, at doors in clubs throughout Wollongong and, and doing that kind of crap. So wow. um, I kind of fell on my feet when I started getting into self-help. So 
from about 1920, I got into Tony Robbins. I did his personal power tapes. I got into books like uh, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it was really when I started to get into those type of self-help books and books that could kind of change your mindset, that's when I started thinking more concrete about my future and about what it is I wanted to do. So um, the catalyst into real estate was kind of like, because I had the building background, maybe I could go and build villas and townhouses and units. So I just wanted to learn about real estate itself. So I thought that would be really good to get into that industry. But what I found was an industry that I really loved because it was it was just more connected to people. You weren't tied up in a in a box or standing out front of a door for you know eight hours at a time. You got to mingle, you got to communicate. I got to use my uh, sales abilities and so my ability to communicate. Um, and then the, the rest of it is history because I've just sort of told you about you know how I got from there to here. Yeah, no, that's um, good. My background. Yeah, no, good rundown. Well, oh well, I like to ask some of these uh, fun uh, questions as well too, Adrian. What's your favourite movie? Yeah. Wow, that's a really good question. Uh, I like the movie Meet Joe Black. Okay. That's um, or is it is it Meet Joe Black or just Joe Black? Yeah, but that's that movie there was a was a good one. So I'm just trying to think what else. Hey, you stumped me there. This is an interesting question. <laughs> um, I like. Um, Movies like Braveheart, yep, um, Forrest Gump, anything that's got like a really, really good storyline, a real powerful message. Yeah, no, they, they're movies, yeah. Or, all right, what type of music do you listen to? Uh, so I, I have a musical background. I've played the drums since I was about 10. Oh, interesting. I listen to absolutely everything that has a good rhythm or a good melody. And it can be anything, really, from classical to jazz to rock to, you know, funk to heavy metal. Like, I, if, if I like the tune and the melody, um, I'll, I'll be into it. So I don't really have a bias to anything. Okay. Being Italian, what's your favourite meal? Is it Italian? Uh, yeah. So you, you def- I definitely can't go past uh, a nice chicken parmigiana if... if if yeah. it's the right restaurant and they make it authentically um, with the eggplant and the Napolitana sauce and it's a really nice, you know, piece of veal or piece of chicken, that would be beautiful. Um, and in, in our local area, if it's seafood, I'll go with baby octopus, barbecue baby octopus. Okay. Now, yeah. you said earlier you, you, you got in the fitness industry when you're younger and, and obviously you go to the gym. You got any... Yeah. Other interest hobbies or sports that you like doing, or um, so not really. I mean, I, I played basketball as a as a kid, but uh, I'm I'm not exactly the tallest person in the world, so that that sort of never went anywhere. But I like to do that. Um, I've got three kids, so I've got three boys, and they're at an age now where they're into their scooters and bikes and things like yeah. that. So I typically join in and try and relive my youth. Um, I went to Rebel Sport and bought a skateboard a couple of years ago. Um, so that's interesting because my body is about 30 kilos heavier than what it was when I used to you know, get on the board years ago. But uh, other than that, man, I, I, I just enjoy the gym. I enjoy lifting weights. I enjoy uh, keeping fit and um, yep. you know, trying to you know, keep a, a, yeah, a good bit of fitness and, and a bit of muscle uh, about me. So I've always liked the gym. 
All right, cool. Now, um, I've heard that you said you've probably had about 30 jobs, you know, f- from where you've been. And that's a, that can be a good thing too, to, to eventually know where you want to go and where you're yeah. heading. What have you found that's been the most uh, grueling challenge that you've had uh, right up until now to your business right now? To me, business itself has been the most grueling challenge. Um, getting into business at the age when I bought the, my, my real estate office, I was uh, 27. Okay. So um, it was a very interesting journey because within about six months, I started to really feel the pinch of what it was like to be become a salesperson and go from being a salesperson to a business owner and managing staff and things like that. So um, to me, business life and business itself has been the most challenging part. It definitely throws you from pillar to post. Um, it teaches you a lot about resilience, teaches you a lot about your own uh, personal self-discovery, what it takes to go from the depths of despair to the heights of exhilaration uh, and back again. You know, So to me, that's been the most challenging part uh, and even today, like after being in business for now 12 years, it still has its moments where it's it's kind of really tough mentally. Yep. Yeah, no, good good, uh, good uh, tips there, uh, Adrian. Um, since you, you, you said those things, can you um, give my listeners three great life lessons? And I know you, you've got Life Lessons TV as well too. Yep, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. you do a bit of motivational yeah. stuff as well too, some tips. Can you give uh, three of your um, nicest life lessons for my listeners? Okay. So tip number one is that sometimes it's not time in the, uh, timing in the industry, it's time in the industry. So people always talk about I'm just waiting for the perfect time and in my experience it almost always just never comes. There are opportunities that come and go, yep. but there's never really ever a perfect time. And when you look at your life, for me, getting married, having children, starting a business, all those sorts of things, I mean, you can never really pick a perfect time. But when we're related to business, sometimes it's time in the industry, not timing, meaning that you just have to be the last man standing. And I think that that comes from a sense of, just keep pushing. Um, if anyone's ever read or heard of the, the sort of parable of Acre of Diamonds, you know, you can you can always be sort of like three feet from the gold and then give up yeah. because life is a little bit too hard. So that would be number one is just to keep going and keep persisting, focus on the solutions and not the problem. So number two, um, it's always, to me, there's, we, there's nothing that we can think of or want to do that typically no one else has done before. So meaning that we don't have to go it alone. We can always find mentors. We can always find someone who has gone there before us. And I've heard the phrase like standing on the shoulders of giants in the past. And that's kind of where I've been um, I guess fortunate to just find people that I can model from in the industry. So when people say to me, you know, why don't you go and join a networking group or why don't you go and uh, join this sort of club or whatever? And then I kind of say to myself, well, 
I don't know if Tony Robbins really does that. So if I'm using uh, a, a really successful entrepreneur like Tony Robbins or Richard Branson um, or Elon Musk, I just can't see these guys showing up to a network meeting at 7 o'clock in the morning and doing a 30-second infomercial about themselves. You yeah. Know? yeah. So like, if they don't do it, then why should I? And then it sort of leads me to the question is, well, what are they doing that makes them successful? So I think that whatever industry, whatever path you want to follow, there has to be someone who has gone there before you and done it extremely well. If not, there's probably several people. So I would track them down. I would read their books. I would buy their material. Um, if you know them personally, I would meet with them and have coffee. So rather than go and do your network meeting and talk crap for half an hour, just go and have coffee with someone for half an hour and have a list of questions and kind of say, what it is, what is it that you did? What made it successful? What are the pitfalls I should worry mm. about? What are people doing that um, are, are common mistakes? And then you can kind of paint a, a very clear path as to what the most successful route is for you. So always find a model, a coach. Um, even today, like I, I've got tons of coaches and model, um, people that I model, people that I aspire to, people that I would seek out. My, my friends now in this industry are all kind of coaches, authors, speakers, you know, relationship coaches, book coaches, uh, entrepreneurs, marketers of all sorts. And I lean to them all the time and kind of go, hey, what can I offer you to help you? And then perhaps you can help me in return. And so yep. I kind of like to model people. Um, number three is always value your health and your family. So to me, there's, there's a, I have a challenge that I'm so involved and you'd be the same, Mike, with your yep. business. You're so into it. It consumes your life. And the thing is, is that you kind of like it. It's not like it's a chore to do. Even when it's really at its hardest times and, and you're kind of feeling like this is just you know, a bunch of crap and I'm going to throw it all away, you still stay there because it's your passion, it's what you want to do. Yep. So for that reason, it can kind of like really make your life a one-dimensional life, whereas you and I both got wives, we've got kids, not only just one, but two, three, and you've got four, right? So, <laughs> you know, there's, there's things that we've got to pay attention to that if we don't, they can often suffer. And to yeah. me, when your relationships suffer, uh, your whole world tends to kind of crumble and, uh, and everything else just doesn't make sense. So you're trying so hard in your business, in your work, but if you don't have a meaningful relationship with your wife and kids or your husband and your kids, then, or just your husband, you don't have to have children, it, it kind of just, what's it all for? So uh, that and health, to me, are, are tied very, very closely together. If I don't look after myself food-wise, if I don't go to the gym for a number of days in a row, I feel it. Um, and for those who don't or aren't into fitness may not understand that fully, but for those that are, when you go to the gym for a number of years, and I've been in the gym since I was 15 years of age, so um, you know, it's been a good 25, 26 years I've been in the fitness. That's part of my life. I don't know any better than that. Yep. So to me, it's... That's a critical part to success is making sure your family is looked after and you understand that they too have a part in your life and that your health is in check because, you know, you can't run a successful business and, and be, you know, one step away from the grave sort of thing. So, yep, no, fantastic. 
Uh, very good tips there, Adrian. I'm impressed, actually. That was really good. Um, now, since you've been in real estate, I, I want to ask you, obviously, you're still watching real estate. What do you think of the next 12 months or five years in the market? The interesting thing about not being in real estate now is that I'm not paying attention to properties so much that are being listed or who's got them listed. I still tend to notice signboards wherever I travel um, down the street and stuff like that. So that's something that I don't think will ever leave me in a hurry. But the real estate market, I I tend to notice more about shifts in energy in the real estate market. And um, what I can see at the moment, if anyone hasn't watched the movie The Big Short, it's a really good movie about the 2008 uh, global financial crisis in America where people were having all these bad loans and, um, and you know, big banks started to collapse. And I kind of see, not that we're in the, in the midst of a global financial crisis, but I, I kind of see the next 18 months, two years as somewhat of a downturn in the market, meaning that the government, the RBA, there's going to be a few things that will try and put the brakes on Mm. Uh, on how much property prices are increasing. And if you look at our mining market, you look at certain things within our economy, there's really key indicators that life is just being painted as a pretty picture at the moment. I don't think we've been told the full story as to how bad the market really is in terms of inflation, interest rates, um, the big banks and their stability and things like that. And at a moment's notice, they can kind of say, we're going to stop lending money. And even to good people like you and I, we won't be able to get loans anymore. So I think in the real estate industry, it's a really good, I see it from a marketing perspective. People need to start positioning themselves as the leader in the market, offering great information so they can become the go-to person. Um, I, I think that if they started to position themselves in that way, then it would be much easier to have a position of authority in the future, you know, when they want to become uh, a, more of a successful, well-known real estate agent. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so I think um, that's the way I see the market as a whole. It, it, does that make sense to you? It, it's, yeah, no, it's, I, I agree with you 100%, Adrian. Um, very, very true. Uh, yeah, it's a bit... It's a bit how you're going at the moment, but it has been a bit worse seeing all the prices going up dramatically in the last, especially in the last 12 or so months. Um, now, what, what would be uh, one good tip that you could give uh, my listeners that if they're thinking of selling the property, give them one, one real good tip that what they need to do? If they're selling the property, to me, in this current climate, even though that uh, it, it would seem that it's quite a buoyant market and people are still getting really, really good prices, I've noticed that there's a, a bit of a hit around at the moment of people doing, they're sort of hammering real estate agents for self-promoting in terms of their marketing. So they're, they're not, they're putting a downplay on, on vendor paid advertising. So I just think that that's still a critical part to success. If you, you can't sell a secret, then at the end of the day, the way that um, people pay top prices for anything in the world is purely from a supply and demand point of view. So if you want to go and buy a Hyundai i30, well, there's a million of them about. They're all mass-produced. 
and typically they're all the same price. So there's no point of difference. One might have leather seats and one might have an alarm and one might have some nice wheels, but the difference in price is very subtle. Whereas if you look at the Aston Martins and the Ferraris of the world, there's only a limited supply. So whenever they bring out a model, it's a very limited supply and their market pays exceptional prices for these particular models because they know that this is just not a run-of-the-mill thing. So that analogy, I bring it back to real estate. Even though it's a hot market, even though people are paying exorbitant prices at the moment, then why not give yourself the best opportunity at getting an extra 5%, an extra 2%, an extra 7%, an extra 10% in the marketplace by showcasing your home in such a way that it, it's put up in lights and that it stands out from everyone else and creates a really um, uh, eager competition, people that want to fight for it and get the most and get the most money. Yep. So from a strategic point of view, it just makes sense to say, well, if every home in my area is a three-bedroom house, it's typically selling for $400,000, but they kind of just put up the sign do a, an instant, a basic internet listing because the market's so hot, people just go ahead and buy it anyway. And why don't I just put something that's really uh, showcases the, this property together and do some professional photos, do a really nice video tour of the home and more of a video tour that displays the benefits, the features of the home itself, the area that it belongs to and, um, and, and really showcase why it's such a great place to live in. So. I would do a message from the owners. I would do something different that yep. stands out in the crowd. Yep. And that would generate, it could generate another 1, 2, 3, 5%, 10% more. And uh, I would definitely have no qualms paying for that. If you and I would go and sell our car today, we'd have to put an ad in the paper on the internet or whatever it might be. Yeah. And we would pay for that. Yep. So if we pay for it with a car that costs 20 grand or 30 grand, why wouldn't we pay for it for our home that might exactly. be 300? Four hundred or five hundred thousand dollars. Exactly right. Now, I like asking this question, Adrian. Uh, if you were able to uh, go back twenty years, what would you tell your old self? To me, that's pretty easy. So I have always had a fear of if I put myself out there or if I do something, it'll, it'll you know, what will happen? It's it's always a what if kind of fear. And I can liken this back to anything. What if uh, I went overseas and you know something happened? What if I moved to another state? What if I took this job? Or what if I started this business and, and you know, something negative would happen? So I would definitely go back and tell myself, just don't worry so much. You can analyze, you can have precaution, you can study the particular field or wherever you want to go and make sure you're making an informed decision but kind of take that leap of faith more often because typically you either land on your feet or you learn a lesson as to what not to do. It kind of isn't that bad on the receiving end. And I have been like weeks away from losing my entire business and home. So I've kind of been to the depths of despair. And although at the time it feels like my world's crashing down around me, for the most part, I kind of got out of it. And I kind of got out of it where I've got my health and my family and all the people that love me around me and I made it. So if I can make it through that, then I can make it through anything. Yeah, no, I, I like that attitude. It reminds me of a, one of my favourite quotes, Adrian. Winners never quit and quitters never win. It's all cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that Love that quote. Now, uh, 
What's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? This is going to sound like a bit of a throwaway comment, but um, when I really hit the skids in my real estate business, I called up my franchise owner, uh, the franchise or, and yeah. I sort of said, the GM, and I said, um, look, this is what's happening. The business is going down the toilet, and can you help me find a buyer? So I just wanted to exit and get whatever I could. So he kind of steered me in a direction where he was focusing on the solutions, not the problems. So he kind of said, what's your cash position at the moment? What have you got in terms of listings, money coming in the doors, commissions that are going to come in? And then when we analysed that, he said to, said to me, and I won't swear because he used a couple of descriptive <laughs> words, but he just sort of said, you know, go down to the pub and, you know, sink down two cans of hardener, you know, what up and get back into it. So I think it kind of just relates to that, that quote that you just said about, you know, winners never quit and quitters never win. It's really, uh, he told me just to get stuck into it and just to dig deep. Um, a, a recent interview that I did with, uh, with an author, her name's Emily Gower. She, uh -huh. she put it to me this way. She said, when we're at our most uh, triumph times, meaning that we're, we're really at the depths of despair, and it's hard you know, not being visual here, but let's say you, know, you want to be sort of at a certain level in your business or in your life, but you're kind of way beneath that. When you have adversity in your life, it forces you to step up, and it's like the universe's way of bringing you closer to where you need to be to be the person that has to be at that level. Does yep. that make sense? Yep. I think that the, it's not really a, a piece of advice as such, but that sort of tenacity, that keep going, that stick-to-itiveness, that point where you have adversity in your life, you either capitulate, meaning you just say, stuff it, I'm going to give this all away, and, and you, and you yep. give up, or you dig deep and you pick yourself up by the bootstraps and you motor to the point where you need to be that person that steps up to the plate. And, uh, and I think adversity has its way of revealing your true potential and purpose in life. Yeah. Oh, fantastic, Adrian. Very well put. I like that. Um, Adrian, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Now, how can my listeners uh, reach out to you? I know you've got a few business uh, websites. Can you uh, name some of them? Or? Sure. Look, the best, one, the best website to go to is my website, adriandomico.com.au. Uh, if you want to look me up on Facebook, you can. I've got you know, my, my business fan page there, which is my same name. So it's Adrian D'Amico. Um, so if anyone wants to go and like my page or friend request me, they can. But definitely everything sits on my website, my Life Lessons TV episodes, anything to do with my social media courses and products and programs, um, they can go and find me there for sure. And uh, mobile number or number to contact, contact you on? Yeah, absolutely. 0402-224-559. Fantastic, Adrian. Really appreciate it. And we've got to catch up real soon. Absolutely. Thanks for your time, Mike. Really appreciate it. That was Mike T. Property Secrets Podcast, your source for real estate and success secrets. Tune in next time to hear more great interviews. Don't forget to leave a comment, rate the show, and most importantly, subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Till next time.